Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. All right, as we broadcast live from Tampa Bay, we'd like to thank Mike Miracle, who's got his assistant. I, need a miracle today. <laughs> I didn't mean to talk over your song, Michael. That was fantastic. He's got his assistant, Jen, in the studio. Between the two of them, they're going to figure out how to help me run this show, keep me on time, and not help me miss any cues, including that one that I just messed up. But that was that was number 80. Oh, I lost track. Is eighty? That was number eighty-nine shows in a row, or something like that. That Mike Miracle has come up with a new song describing his last name, and that's just part of the fun we have here on I Work for Him. Martha, today we're talking about the critical value of marital accountability. That's right. We're. I'm excited to talk about this. I think this is going to be um, an eye opener, uh, not only for everybody listening, but maybe even for you and I as we talk out loud about a lot of the things that we maybe try to practice in our own marriages. You know, our listeners may be wondering, okay, Jim, this is a workplace ministry show. Why in the world are you talking about marriage again or another family issue again? And here's the reason why. Martha and I have worked with entrepreneurial couples for years, and this is something we recognized. We recognized that if their marriage is a mess, if their kids are a mess, if there's something going on at home, it is reflected exactly 
in the workplace. And so it's so important that you deal with the issues of what's going on at home because as a husband, as a wife, your number one ministry is to your spouse. Your number one mission field is to your children. Those two things are a way higher priority than your workplace. And none of them come before your relationship with your Heavenly Father and working on that on a daily basis. So we talk about marriage on the show because if your marriage is messed up, now I'm not just saying destroy, but I'm just saying if it's even just a little messed up sideways, it's messing with your head. See that? I said messing. It's messing with your head, and you're bringing it to work with you. So we'd like to ask for your feedback today. We're looking for callers today, or if you want to text into the show, to share if you go to a church here in Tampa Bay or around the world that is actually focusing on marriage. They actually have a marriage ministry where they're building up marriages within the church. If you are going to one of those churches, we want to get the word out across Tampa Bay and across the country about those churches that are investing in marriages on a regular basis. You can do two things. You can call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929, and you can talk to Martha and I if you want to, or you just give us the name. But if you want to call in and, and, and share the name of the church where you have an active marriage ministry, that's fantastic. Or you can text us 727-487-9863. Sorry, I had to look for a second. 727-487-9863, 727-487-9863. And I'm looking at text messages all during the show. I would like to add to that too. It's not just if their church has it, but maybe there's something unique that their church is doing that they'd like to share or that's really made an impact on them or encouraged them. Having to do with their marriages. Yeah. Yes. Yes. If your church is really unique because you guys all wear shorts to church, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for we're looking for a church that's investing in marriages doing something unique. Is that what you meant? Unique or not, but yeah. Unique or not. Just we want to hear more about it. Don't call if your church isn't doing anything for marriages (laughs) because it'll be like a lot of them out there. So that would be kind of of weird. Okay. Okay. All right. As a basis for every conversation, Martha, I always ask the the guests in the studio, of which we have, we don't have any guests today. You and I. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. I knew you were going to start saying that. You and I. (laughs) Okay. So we always share how Christ has impacted our lives. And so I'm going to let you go first because ladies first. I really think I should turn it around because <laughs> Jim doesn't ever get to share how Christ has impacted his life, but I'd be happy to. And then we'll turn it to you because people okay. need to hear from you in that okay. area, too. Um, you know, I was thinking about this and I wanted to kind of answer it in relationship to what we're talking about today. And we were discussing before the show how Christ really, because he is the Lord of our life, he ha- he does impact every area of our life. Um, I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as a child and grew up, fortunately, in a home and in a church that taught me a lot of great Christian standards for my life. And one of those things that translates into our conversation today is the fact that I knew very early on that I wanted to marry somebody who also loved Jesus. And so because we have a, a marriage that is based on our faith in Jesus Christ, um, I really think that has has a bigger impact because we together are able to minister to other people, to go to church and worship our Lord together and raise our kids in a home that is surrounded by um, the faith that we believe in. Well, and it's not like we've had a perfect marriage. Oh, no. no. I didn't say that. No. But but we Please have... hear that. <laughs> no, no, nobody heard that. But you know, 28 plus years of marriage, and we've learned a lot of things. And we just... One of the things that we 
count as some of our core values is transparency. We want other people to learn from our mistakes and maybe from some of the things we do well, which is why we do the marriage retreats. It's why we're doing the marriage retreat cruise. Not because we've got it all figured out, but because we're willing to share what we've learned and we want to encourage other people to let them know that, hey, marriage is good and it can be very good, but you have to invest in it. Michael, that's right, correct? Marriage is going to be very good. A little less than eight months to go, buddy. (laughs) <laughs> you got a microphone. You could have jumped in on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times like with marriage, it's very much like the whole caterpillar and the butterfly. You know, there is a lot of value in working through things together to strengthen your marriage, but there are some things that if you had the cliff notes, you know, you could maybe have avoided a few of the pitfalls along the way. Oh, so we're that, open to that's one of those. Ones. I want to talk notes the here. cliff notes one. That's right. <laughs> Michael, we want you to pay special attention for you and Sarah on this show today as you guys learn about accountability. Now, I know she's working, so she doesn't get to hear the show. So we just, you know, I want you to pay attention. I will do that. I pay attention every single show, if you can believe that. <laughs> he does. He's never eating during the show. He's always paying attention. It's, it's but good. But you make it sound like he's surfing the internet <laughs> looking for songs all hour. <laughs> I don't know when he finds the time to find it. He's running out of miracle songs, for sure. Okay. Oh. Before we go out to break, I want to share how Christ has impacted my life. And, and there's so much to say, but, but to bottom line it, because I'm a bottom line kind of guy, and those of you that have been listening for a long time, you've already figured that part out. Uh, I had the privilege of uh, growing up in a, in a family that was going to church. My folks came to Christ in their 20s. And so by the time I came around when they were in their 30s, they were already going to church. And they took me to a missions conference in October of 1972, and I gave my life to Christ. But it wasn't until I was 13 that I surrendered all of my life and let Jesus Christ be Lord of my life. And that is when my walk with the Lord exploded. That is when, as I talk about on my show every day, if Jesus has impacted your life, then everything about you should be changing because on July the 13th, 1979, a day that Martha and I shared together when we committed our lives to full-time Christian ministry, that is when my life began to explode in Jesus Christ. And that's the motivation behind every show that we have here on the I Work For Him program. The beginning of the show, Martha and I were just sharing from our hearts as to why we're having a show about the critical value of marital accountability on a workplace show. And that's because if your home life has got stressed if your marriage life has got stressed, you carry it with you into the workplace and you need to be able to deal with what's going on at home so you can be more productive at work and more effective for Christ at work. But before we get back to that discussion, as we do each and every day, we've got to have our book highlight segment brought to you by... Kara's Christian Books and Gifts. All right, Martha told me not to do that too, but I did it anyway. <laughs> Kara's Christian Books and Gifts has been part of the Largo community for over 29 years. Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Almerton Road in Largo, their 2,400 square foot store. Yet that's 2,400 square foot store. Is open to the public seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S.com. Every Monday we give away a gift card to Karis, so make sure you tune in on Mondays to get that gift card. Today we're not giving a gift card away, but we are doing a book recommendation. The book recommendation all week long is the Love Languages Devotional Bible. The Love Languages Devotional Bible is is a straightforward approach to reading through the scriptures, complemented by brief devotional readings that apply the text to real-life relationships, and it will deepen couples' understanding of God and each other. The five love languages are written throughout the scriptures and demonstrated throughout the scriptures, and Gary Chapman has taken this uh, a New Living Translation Bible and plastered devotions all across the scriptures so that each and every day you and your spouse can read the Bible together and uh, go ahead and go through one of those devotionals. And again, as I always say, you need to read this book 
Don't wait for the movie. All right, we're back live and in studio right here in Tampa Bay. Jim and Martha Brangenberg talking about marital accountability and the critical value of it. So, Martha, we've got 40 minutes. We've got to give people some meat. What What do you I – mean, let's talk about marital accountability. What do you think it is? Well, I think there's two different portions to marital accountability. One of them is just that transparency between spouse to spouse, being able to hold each other accountable in different areas of our life. And then beyond that, it's having some external um, person, couple, or group that makes a difference in our lives, that keeps us to a standard that we have said that we want to be held to. And one of the things I think that is powerful within a marriage relationship is that transparency, (laughs) but also vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that we see in couples is that because there's been hurt back and forth, and we're not saying couples whose marriages are a disaster, just couples that are normal couples, there's hurt. There's hurt there. And people, because they've been hurt, then all of a sudden they're like, well, I'm not going to be vulnerable because I've been hurt. And if I get vulnerable, I'm going to get hurt again. And the real relationships that are deepening, that are growing, the, the marriages that are the, that are the most positive for people are the ones where people understand vulnerability and transparency come hand in hand. That's right. And I think that it's funny because as we were thinking about what we would talk about today, it actually brought up in my mind a lot of things that we really dealt with early on in our marriage. Because I think if you become vulnerable and transparent with each other early on, you work through some of those areas so that you know where each other stands. You know what's important. You know what standards. So not to say we don't have issues now we hold each other accountable to because we do, but you have a lot of them to deal with early on in your marriage because you're melding two people together to, to to try to have one focus. As any of you that are out there that are listening that are married, you already know. It's hard to meld two lives together, to share two checkbooks, a bed, a bathroom. I'm not sure which one's more difficult. <laughs> well, it depends on if you're both getting ready at the same time. Yes, the single sink bathroom. Hmm. I don't know how people in the old days did it when they didn't even have a sink. I don't know. I don't know. It's the hair on the countertop. Your nemesis. It is. Mm -hmm. Well, it's because I don't have any. You're very jealous. I am. It's a jealousy factor. Okay. So, you know, what we're talking about in marital accountability, what it looks like in action. You know, there, it is possible to get some marital accountability in a small group. Martha and I were in a Bible study back in the late 90s where there were six of us total, six total couples. And in that small group, we were really feeding each other back and forth. And till it imploded, which we're not going to talk, talk about that now. So there's some we good things. We did have dessert, too. Yes, so we, we ate every time. Absolutely. Yeah. There was a verse I wanted to share because it really ties with... Oh, you want to bring scripture into this? I do. Okay, all Isn't right. that a great okay. thing? Um, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Don't you love that translation? I do. Is that the message? It's the NLT. NLT. I like the NLT. If you're reading a Bible that's hard to read, get a copy of the New Living Translation. It is my new latest, greatest favorite. Yes. It is It is better than the old NIV. It's more accurate than 
the new NIV, because he rewrote most of it to be politically correct. Uh, I mean, it's it's great. If you need a version that's easy to read and you struggle with someone, the NLT is great. So, you know, just where it said, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. I mean, we even in our marriages can often be very alone, especially if we pull back from accountability because we no longer are sharing our vulnerabilities. Well, and that's what, what I was going to bring up mm-hmm. before you brought in the scripture, which that was fantastic. <laughs> no, you don't need to be sorry. That's fantastic. But in that small group, it is still possible to not get accountability even in that small group. There was 12 of us in that group. And today, only four of those couples remain married. Two of those couples are divorced. And two of those couples were struggling with major, major issues, and they never, ever brought them up with their friends. Mm -hmm. And we had had been together for multiple years, and two of those marriages completely disintegrated because of hidden secret sins that were going on. And so if you're going to be in a small group, don't bother calling accountability if you're not telling anybody anything. I mean, you you got to... And I think maybe even being... um talking about it in the small group and saying, you know what, we really want to have a goal of being accountable and being purposeful and asking the tough questions. Because I think a lot of times we're very, even if you're not a proud person, you're like, well, everybody else seems to have it together. So I don't think I want to share what I'm struggling with when, in fact, everybody probably was struggling with the same thing to one degree or another. But it just festers and gets worse and worse because they can't t- feel like they can talk about it. Yeah, Raise your hand out there. Only one of them. If you're driving, <laughs> if your marriage is perfect and you don't need to work on anything, if, you're, if your marriage is perfect and you don't need help from anybody else, raise your hand. Oh, yeah. Okay, because there's nobody out there raising hands. We all can use some help. And that's the point of the small group accountability. But one of the things we've noticed in the church environment is that people are involved in small groups and they and they start to let life distract them from involvement in the small groups. And then they remove themselves from that accountability. And then their marriages start to slip because they now have nobody watching them because they pulled themselves out in yeah. a way. So there's danger in being separate from the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. The body of Christ provides some accountability. Not perfect because you can still hide. There are still those people that live perfect double lives 007 at church all right so so that's one way small group but i i think this this next one is is one that we both really value an older mentoring couple yeah being able to have somebody in your life that can pour into you and show you from what they've learned give you some cliff notes you know to keep on with that analogy um, but be able to see what god's done in their marriage and be able to uh, glean from that and be encouraged by that well and i think what's sad uh you say the older mentoring couple apparently we're that older mentoring couple (laughs) (laughs) now we are we're not old we're 48 but you know we've had the opportunity over the last Gosh, uh, 15 years uh, to mentor a little over 45 couples. And I think almost all of them were older than or were younger than us. Not all of them, but just some most of them had been married less years than us. Yeah. And I and I think that's the important thing is just somebody who's had just a little bit more experience, just a little bit ahead of you. They've screwed up more times. I think we meant older, older. We meant you know, a few years older than us and then the one that's being mentored. So. Right. That's that's what it is. So but the you know, we, we go to a church and by the way, if you've got a church that's doing something proactively mm-hmm. for marriage, please call into the studio line or text us in the studio line. The call in number is eight five five two six five twenty nine twenty nine and the text in number is seven two seven four eight seven ninety eight sixty three. Seven two seven four eight seven ninety eight sixty three. And Martha's got those numbers permanently posted on our Facebook page, I work for him, and also on the I work for him website. I work for him. 
Com. Okay, so we've got the small group, we've got the older mentoring couple, and Indian Rocks, where we go to church, they've got a mentoring ministry. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we were uh, we helped along with uh, Tim and Jeanette Ferguson and Dick and Karen LeBrant, the four, the six of us, the four of us, the six of us got together and said, hey, we need to do something for couples. And we actually, a, a, mini, a marriage mentoring ministry came to us and said, hey, we've got a great curriculum. And we now have 26 or 27 mentoring couples in our church mentoring alongside couples that just want to deepen their relationship and work on it. Yeah, and that ministry is happening all over America, too. It's in how many churches? Over 3,000 churches now, the ministry is called? Dare to be different. Dare to be different dot com. And they're now part of the love. They are partnering with Love and Respect, which is another one of our favorite books. That's right. Very much so. All right. So here's the other thing. I mean, accountability can come from small groups. It can come from a mentoring couple. But again, you can snow both of them if you're really working at it. But true friendships. You know, one of the things you learn early on in life is that uh, you need to surround yourselves with people that have shared values that are in similar places in life. And in doing that, and that's a mistake that Martha and I made. We didn't necessarily have enough friends surrounding us that shared values and were in a similar place in life. Uh, But you, you need to... Um, help me out here, Martha. I'm, I'm just trying to... Couples, friendships. Well, yeah, building that synergy between each other to say, you know, this is what we're struggling with. We're not getting any sleep. We're not seeing eye to eye on anything, whatever. And being able for them to understand where you're at at that place in life. And then being able to um, hold each other accountable for it, which is what we're talking about. But being able, giving them permission, saying, you know what, if I slip, if I mess up, if you think I'm... You know, one of the things we set as a standard very early in our marriage was not to put each other down in front of other people. And um, there's a difference between that and sharing and accountability and saying, I'm struggling with this, but what should I do with it? Not letting it just be a gossip center, but being able to say, I I don't know what to do with this. Well, and I think one of the things that's really cool about friendships is people that are really your friends, they know when you're up, they know when you're down, they know when you're not your normal self. Yeah. And that's the value of hanging out with p- people who are in a similar place in life, share similar values, and share similar uh, money structure. They're, they're in a similar financial economic condition as you, because they'll notice when something is awry, and, and hopefully they'll call you out and go, hey, what's going on with you guys? Holy smokes, there's cold here tonight. Martha, this is a this is a cool subject. One of the things we really want people to do is to call in today or text into the show and let us know if their church here in Tampa Bay or anywhere else in the country is actually proactively working on marriages. Yeah, I think it would be really encouraging for people to hear about other things that are going on, whether um, they do events or um, have a program or whatever they may have that's made a difference in their marriage. I think that's what we want to hear about. All right, so they can call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. Call today. Or you can text us during the show at 727-487-9863, 727-487-9863. And if you're a regular iWorkForHim listener, or for this today is your first time, I recommend you go out to our website, iWorkForHim.com. Get these numbers programmed into your phone so you can participate in future shows. All right, so we were talking, you know, what does marital, marital accountability look like in the last half hour? Now, how do we purposefully go about incorporating marital accountability into our lives? We already said a couple of those things. What are some of the things we said? Um, Being involved in a small group. Okay, a small group. Mm -hmm. You don't want me to expand. Just list them. Yeah. Okay. Um, Go to a church. That's a good idea. You can be very involved in with other married couples. Okay. What else, Jim? Well, I think (laughs) having... 
<laughs> having an that was good. I like that. Uh, having an older mentoring couple, an older married. How about a couple that's been married longer than you mentoring you, you investing in you on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. What else, Martha? Um, having friends that are going through the same types of things as you that have the same spiritual um, influence. Yeah, I mean, if they're in a similar economic status, similar stage of life, people that know who you are so they can sniff out trouble. Yes, but people that don't always just um, put things under the rug. I think that would be dangerous because then you could have just this really false relationship. So real friends. Yeah, you know, we were involved. I forgot about this. We were involved in a Bible study 30 years ago, a small group Bible study, and two of the couples were very, very good friends. And two of the people in either side of those couples ended up having an affair. Hmm. And that was something in the small group. So there's danger there without there being that transparency. You know, that's the kind of stuff you're trying to avoid. Uh, Yes, you're trying to avoid that stuff. Now, both those couples remained married after that. But it's this is something, you know, 30 years ago, divorce was still one of those things that it happened every once in a while. Today, divorce appears to happen all the time. Now, we've read recently a book, Martha, that divorce isn't near as prevalent as people think, but it's still 20%. Isn't yes. that what the numbers that yeah, Shanti Feldman said? Which, it depends on which demographics you're looking at, but there's some very encouraging news. And the bottom line with that is it doesn't change the reality that's out there. But going into marriage, believing that you have a high rate of success makes you believe that it's worth fighting for. If you go into a marriage going, well, half of them are not making it, then you are feeling like you're set up for failure. So I I think that's the best news that comes out of this statistics is just that you have a high rate of success here if you put your mind to it and your commitment. Well, that's it. We have seen marriages from any stage, the disaster stage, molten lava explosion volcano stage, down to just a little burbling brook that's overflowing its edges. And all of those marriages are savable, provided the husband and the wife wants to work in their marriage. Do you remember that book you read quite a while ago about, like, any marriage can be saved? Yeah, or, I think that's what it was called. I think that's what it was called. And it no, it said, some, can my marriage be can saved? My mar- what, can was, my marriage? Yeah, it was a question. But the point of that was that there were some, you can make up stories. They were some incredible hair-raising stories. As some as those were. And because they both were willing to work on it. Um, God saved the marriage. So, and so that's the key, Michael. That's the key. As you get married next April, you just have to commit right away with Sarah to always work on it, investing. It. And some of the ideas of proactively working on your marriage would be marriage retreats. Now, we happen to be way in favor of marriage retreats, but we didn't go on any until we started putting some on. Yeah, I think. Um I don't know why. I guess maybe nobody was encouraging that of us, or maybe they just weren't really popular at that time. I think that we did go away with a bunch of our friends from our small group for a weekend. And, oh, you know, the first time you do it, you feel so guilty because you're like, oh, you're leaving the kids behind. But then you get home and you're like, oh, we left the kids behind. You know, it's really good for the marriage to get a break from being needed all the time by your children to just being able to focus on your spouse. Yes, break the rhythm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we came down here in 1997. We went down to outside of Fort Myers. We went to that town that's... Yeah. That one. Yeah. It was fun. We had friends that had parents that had a place down there. All right. So marriage retreats. So here's why marriage retreats are so important. It gets you away and the purposeful discussions are what's so key. You actually have time where you are alone with your spouse to talk about junk that you never were going to talk about because that's what the topic of the conversation is all weekend long. Giving you an opportunity to have face-to-face time 
to talk. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to learn how to do that and bring that home with you is what we're talking about here with accountability. Being able to know it is safe for me to bring up these topics, to talk about them with my spouse, to be able to say, hey, I don't think we're doing this right, or I, I think that we need to be more careful with our money, or we need to whatever, and being able to have that conversation. And a marriage retreat just kind of teaches you how to do that. All right, so one of the things, and, and we do next year, 2015, we are going to be doing a couple of marriage retreats. The first one is the cruise retreat that we're doing, and uh, it is uh, on a cruise, so you're going to have all the marriage retreat stuff, but you're also going to be, all the food is cooked for you, and it's fantastic, mm -hmm. and you know you get that. It's really a whole weekend experience mm -hmm. at the same time you're working on your marriage, but we're also going to do one on the land, because we got a lot of friends, like Lori Hill, CEO of the Christian Chamber of Commerce, she goes... I can't go on a cruise because my head turns sideways and I turn green. So for Lori Hill and the rest of the Christian Chamber and everybody else around Tampa Bay, we're going to do one on the land. That's In fact, right. we've got Rick Saltarelli with Salty uh, Cruise and Travel looking at a place this week for us. Martha doesn't even know this yet. Yes, yeah, you I know. Do. That's right. You yeah. do know that. Yeah, okay. Pretty exciting. All right. So, so Rick is looking at that for us. Well. All right. So marriage retreats, marriage conferences where you go and you get specifically taught. Mm -hmm. you, you're learning new concepts. And that's probably one of the most powerful things that happened to us about seven years ago. Yeah. When we went and went to a conference all about love and respect, love and respect seems simple enough, but it was a concept we had never heard before. Yeah. And I think the key to those, again, is that you're both hearing it, you know, being able to be in a room together where somebody else is telling you these things, because sometimes it's hard to know how to break the ice with that conversation. If only one of your of the spouse are listening today to the radio show, they may be going, wow, this is really good, but how do I tell my spouse we should do this? And that's the great thing about a conference. Uh, and I'll just say the phone number is 855-265-2929 is your call-in number. Your text-in number is 727-487-9863. We had a call. Somebody called into the texting number. I cannot answer that. I'm very, very sorry. Okay, so marriage retreats, marriage conferences, and reading books. You know, I'm a prolific writer, a reader. <laughs> Someday I'm going to write books, too. <laughs> just this weekend, I read a book about, what was the name of the book again? Ten? Oh, ten Outrageous Couples of That's the right. Bible. Ten Outrageous Couples of the Bible by Dr. David Clark. He's out of Tampa Bay, but in this book, he, he, he talks about all the different you know, marital dysfunction that's demonstrated in the Bible, and there is loads of it from one end to the other. But he also, in chapter 8, I think it was, uh, label or lays out the top ten reasons that people give uh, examples of why they want to get divorced. And here's how he summarized it. Well, now that I'm in the marriage that I'm in, I can't sin the way I want to. So I need to get divorced so I can go sin the way I want to, because right now I feel trapped. I can't sin the way I want to the way I'm married, so I need to get unmarried. That really summarizes most divorces. And in an accountability situation, your friends would be saying, hey, what are you thinking? You know, you agreed to this marriage. You um, fell in love with this person. You couldn't imagine life without them. Uh, you know, remember that and, and focus on that. Yeah, one of the craziest lines that we hear divor divorcing couples, one spouse or the other, would say, you know, I don't love you, and I'm not sure I ever loved you. Well, this guy in this book, uh, Dr. David Clark, says, you know what? Nobody, show me the pictures at the wedding of you having a shotgun held to your head. Show me a picture of the, you know, at, uh, at walking down the aisle with somebody with a knife to your back. You love that person, but something caused you to, to, to drift apart. 
Fix it before it's too late. And that's what you need to do. Get involved in a church. Get involved in a small group. Get a mentoring couple. You know, go on a marriage retreat. Go to a marriage conference. Read some great books. Martha and I have all kinds of books on a website about this. All right. Let's talk about how important it is to create that accountability between a husband and a wife. Well, I think, I mean, obviously we've kind of set it up that we feel it's really important. Well, apparently we do. And and I think the biggest key to that is building trust with your conversations. And I think it's, we assume that you have trust in your marriage, but it's really important that you can say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to share some things with you from my heart. And I trust that you're going to cherish those things that you're going to not make fun of me for feeling this way or whatever, but that it's a safe environment and really setting that up. Um, I think it was, is important to be able to start having that conversation about accountability. Martha, on your marriage, on your Proverbs for Business segment, it talks about, do you have a mentor to help you become a more effective manager? But when you twist that, do you have a mentor couple to help you be a more effective spouse? Uh, that's pretty powerful when you really look at it, to find a mentor that can provide objectivity. And that's why we're saying somebody that's been married longer than you, mm-hmm. somebody that's experienced more of the uh, challenges in marriage and work through those challenges and somebody that's got some spiritual maturity and and again if you're going to do you know mentoring if it's one-on-one it definitely needs to be the same sex that's the big trouble the, a lot of affairs start happening when somebody's having marriage problems they go to work and they're sitting in the lunchroom and the wife is talking about her husband to some other guy about all the trouble they're having or some guy sitting at the lunch table talking about talking to some other woman about all the problems they have with his wife and those things lead to affairs because there's an emotional attachment which turns into a physical attachment avoid that at all costs you know i just had a thought um it's so important yet a lot of people don't think about finding, seeking out that couple that they can ask to be a mentor to their their marriage. But then I would also say then that couple also needs to look for a younger couple and say, who are we going to invest in? Because it doesn't mean that when you're getting mentored, it should just be one direction. So I, I we have learned some of the most about our marriage when we have been helping another couple in encouraging them in their marriage. So pay it forward as well. So I, I think that's a key. All right, we've got a listener calling in from the frozen tundra of Minnesota. Ted, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Hi, Jim. Um, Maybe while you were, uh, I was trying to call you, you talked about this, but I think one of the things that was really important in our marriage was when Elaine and I decided to to pray together before going to bed. And, you know, it's really, um, well, if you've had a hard day with each other or in work, uh, holding one another in, and uh, talking to God and sharing the day and sharing um, that moment with him, it's kind of like you started out with the Court of Three Strands. Yeah, no, it's it's fabulous. And I, I would I would agree that the example that you set in praying together with Elaine and learning that example from your father praying together with his wife, with Frank and Helen were such great examples of doing that, passed on to generation and a generation, and it's been one of the most powerful things that Martha and I have been able to pass on to hundreds and hundreds of couples based on the example that you guys set. It's powerful. So you've got you, you've got a whole trainload of people, probably several trainloads of people that are <laughs> praying together as couples because of the example that you and Elaine set for Martha and I. Well, also, when you mentioned my parents, uh, when we were children, they always had family devotions at night. Uh, Even if we'd go for a visit, uh, the day wasn't complete until they had family devotions. 
before everybody retired. And that was when we were adults and had kids of our own. Yeah, learning those good habits, um, those are great habits to be able to uh, carry on in your marriage and in your uh, family relationship. And really, those are some of the things that we wanted to talk about because we said, you know, some are, what are some of the things that we can do in our marriage that will um, accommodate accountability? Or build and, up that accountability between up. husband and, and we, wife. And praying was the, the final one on our list, but we talked about communicating to each other and being able to talk through it. Uh, to know each other well and encourage each other, encourage each other with whatever we have dealt with in the day or what we're doing in our life. So, Ted, I want to thank thanks. you for your great example, and I want to also thank you for calling to the show. Have a great day. Enjoy that. How cold is it up there in the frozen tundra today, Ted? Well, this morning when I woke up, it was 47 degrees. Uh, about 10 o'clock, it got up way up to 65, <laughs> and uh, now we're hovering in the low 70s at uh, the end of the day. It's just the a- weird thing is, Two days ago, we had the air conditioner on because it was hot and humid. So. <laughs> yeah, well, we won't be complaining about that. 65 sounds pretty nice, but 47 sounds nice. I'm even, not even sure my refrigerator is that cold. So, Ted, thanks for calling into the show. We appreciate it. Keep on listening. You be blessed. All right, so Martha, we were talking about those specific things that a husband and wife can do, and we often give these secrets, the secret to a powerfully solid marriage. And the number one secret is... To pray together. Pray together. Yep. And that's one of those things, it is also the hardest thing to get couples to do. Why do you think that is? I think there's, again, a level of humility. Um, Sometimes there are people that really struggle with, I want to be honest with God, but that means I have to be honest in front of my spouse. And maybe there's a level of um, transparency that they haven't had yet, that they haven't experienced, and so they struggle with that. And and you can pray together in the morning. You can pray together in the evening. Martha and I do both. Uh, But the big key is to pray when you're not exhausted. And and one of the things that Martha and I are really working on, amping up our prayer life together, and I wrote it down today just in case it's on the sheet of paper right here. Yes. Uh, for later, is uh, that I, I want to start something I learned in Identity and Destiny. We just need, when we pray together, we need to have a list mm-hmm. of what we're praying for. We, we often have couples we're praying for, but so prayer together is powerful. Almost impossible to break up a marriage of couples that are praying together. Well, yeah, because if you are, even if you are struggling with being in unity over a topic, if you bring it to God and you really ask for His guidance, you're going to end up being unified on what you're seeking. All right, so that's the number one. And the number two is spending time together. That's right. I mean, communication time. Actually talking. Right. Yes. And, and what's funny, when you and, and everybody that's got little kids understands this exactly, or if you have little kids, there's a time in your marriage, and Michael, pay attention to this. We're giving you lots of clues today, buddy. <laughs> this will help you and Sarah eliminate all the bumps. When you have little kids, there literally is no time for anything but exhaustion. And, and one of the things that is so powerful is we tell couples, we make them plan on uh, it's that they just spend time. They got to schedule. They schedule their talking time. Yeah. Not too late because they don't want to be cranky when they're doing it. That's right. It's important to be proactive about that. And just, you know, you get to the point where you say, oh, I meant to tell you that. Oh, I meant to tell you that. Well, you need to be purposeful. You need to have that time uninterrupted. It really doesn't take that long to get through the things that are really important and then be able to talk about the future. Talk about, you know, where you want to go looking ahead. 
Just doing the daily download, but then on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis, go on a date together. Now, for those of you that are in financial struggles, dates don't have to cost money. Remember what you did when you were dating? There was many things you could do that didn't cost money. So going on weekly or bi-weekly dates, there is always somebody that will watch your children. There's always somebody. We tell our connection group that we used to be involved in, just let us know. We'll watch your kids so you can go on a date. But don't text that into the show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're not taking reservations kids. right now. That's right. Uh, so, But but going on a date. Mm-hmm. And, and a date is so important because the kids come and then the kids go. And you need, you need to know who you are. You need to keep growing in, in your love together. You don't want to have kids for 25 years and then the kids go and you look at each other going... Who are you exactly? Hi, who are you? Well, then that's one of the other things that um, another point we wanted to make about accountability is knowing each other, knowing what's really important to your spouse so that you know where to keep them accountable. Well, and that's where the retreats come in handy, the going to uh, marriage conferences come in handy, really investing proactively. And that's why we try to provide those opportunities for my work for him, for you and your spouse to invest in your marriage. So if you're thinking about it, our deadline for, res- uh, for reservations appears to be the middle of September. We're going to have to close off, and the guaranteed price will no longer be there. Right now, for $1,040, you and your spouse can get a room on the Odyssey of the Seas. Is that right? Do I get it right now? I think so. On Royal Caribbean. You can go. No, Brilliance. Brilliance. Excuse me. Brilliance of the Seas. That's right. It's way better than Odyssey of the Seas. It's so beautiful. All right. Well, we've got we've got to wind down the show. But as we talk about that, Martha and I would personally like to invite each one of you married couples out there. We still have some spots left on the cruise to come and join with us in working on your marriage, building marriage accountability. And that cruise date is February fifth through the ninth. Yes, I know you've heard a ton of commercials because we're running out of time to fill it up, and we want to invest in a ton of couples so they can go back and make an impact on their churches. And that's why we push so much to have marriage retreat cruises. If you want more information on the Marriage Retreat Cruise, just go to iWorkForHim.com, iWorkForHim.com. And that four is the number four. On Thursday's I Work For Him show, we're going to continue our discussion on this week's theme, accountability. We've got Ross Harrop with C12 Tampa Bay coming along, coming in along with somebody from the Pocket League, the New Testament Pocket. Sorry, I've got totally messing this up. We're talking about corporate accountability. And we've also got the CEO of Pocket Testament League, that's what it is. Coming to join him. That was a last-minute thing. We started doing that today. The I Work For Him show is all about purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace. So you've got to ask yourself, are you a Christ follower? Have you ever come to a place in your life where you've allowed Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life? Have you put your trust in Him and in what He did for you and your sin? This is the first step in the I Work For Him process. If you want to know more about becoming a Christ follower, email me, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com. And if you want to email Martha, you can email her, martha at iworkforhim.com. Pretty simple. Martha or Jim at iworkforhim.com. But not Martha or Jim. That would be kind of weird. All right, you can also reach us on Facebook. Just look for our page, I Work For Him. And then we've got hundreds of followers on there. Martha posts before every show. And today you even got out oh, there. Yeah. That's right. Okay. I'd like to thank our business referral partner, Eric Most with Most Insurance. You can get a hold of them for business, personal, and life insurance. Mostins.com. 
Look for their company information on our website, iWorkForHim.com. You can also find links to the marriage cruise registration. And on the iWorkForHim website, you can also find archives of all of our past shows, guest names, highlighted books, and recommended reading resources for help helping incorporate Christ into your workplace. Martha, have you downloaded the WTIS app? I sure have. I have it on my phone. Fantastic. It's available now for iPhone and Android. You can listen when you're in your car. In your computer or with your phone, no matter where you are I around the world. I listen to the grocery store. In the grocery Don't listen there. Okay. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.